fuel for freedom. Add a spark to your day or night. You get to choose which best serves you. Introducing Tony Rusing. My name is Tony Rusing, and it's a privilege to be with you today. We're going to talk about a subject that's on everybody's mind right now. Why? Because all of us feel just a little bit edgy, and we're edgy because of what's transpired over the last four or five months. And I have to tell you, it may continue for a while. We don't know. It could happen tomorrow that everything changes again. But we were surprised in the spring when all of this changed the way we do business, the way we interact with each other. And yet there's something that's there right now. It was there before this occurred, and it'll be there after this is gone. And if we can talk about it a little bit, and I can share some information that will help you with it, I think it might be useful. First of all, let me qualify. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a neuroscientist. Nothing like that. I'm a speaker. I'm a workshop leader, a facilitator. I'm an author. That's what I do. And now I'm doing it this way. And I want to share this information because I know how valuable it's been to me my entire life. And I believe it can be valuable to you. And the quicker you get this information, the faster I think you can make some tweaks and adjustments in how you do what you do, and it will make things better for you because it made it better for me. So here's the word. It is stress. Oh, boy. Do we feel that at times? And we say, well, I'm stressed. Or, well, I feel real stressed. I'm stressful. Yes, you are. And the reason I know that's true of every single person out there is you're alive. And because you're alive, you're in stress. Because stress is life. That's what it is. I've always worked. I love to work. I've been blessed my entire life to be employed. When I was a very young man, 11 years old, I said to my dad, I'd like, I'd like an allowance. And he said, well, I'll allow you to get a job. Yeah, that wasn't exactly what I thought he was going to say. I thought he'd give me a couple of bucks and everything would be fine. <laughs> but it wasn't so. So I was able, even at 11, can't do that anymore today. But when I was 11, you could. I got a job as a grocery delivery boy. And that's what I did. I delivered groceries. And I did that until I was 17. At 17 years old, I got a job working in an automotive uh, parts store. And I worked there for a year and, and made a lifelong friend in the man I worked for. And from there, I went in the army. I got out of the army and knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to be in business for myself. And so I got into business for myself. Here I am, 24, 25 years old. I've got three employees. I'm all excited and I'm doing business. And I was a hard charger. So guess what happened? About three years into that process, I ended up not able to breathe. And that's scary. That's scary. Went to the doctor. The doctor said, let's take an x-ray. They took an x-ray. Guess what happened? I had to go to the x-ray, which was down the street from the doctor's office. They put me in front of the x-ray machine. I stood there held out my chest. They called me to the phone and said, Mr. Roosing, have we ever taken out your lung? I said, what? He said, we can't find your lung. He said, we're going to look again. Okay. 
So I went back to the x-ray machine. They did it again. And guess what? We found your lung, Mr. Rusing. That was the word that came from the doctor through the phone. He said, but you need to go to the hospital. You have a collapsed lung. We found it. It's laying in the cavity of your chest. That is a scary thing to tell anybody. So I show up at the hospital. And then Dr. Thor, I remember his name, you know, Thunder God. Dr. Thor shows up and says that we're going to take you upstairs and we're going to put a tube in your chest. And what it will do is drain the fluid off of your lung and it will reinflate and you'll be fine. Great. Okay, that sounds fine to me. It was the most painful thing I'd ever had happen to me because they poise a tube right here and they hold it and they say, take a deep breath. I took a deep breath, didn't expect much. He said, let it out. And when I let it out, he stabbed me with this tube, hollow tube. And then all of that fluid came out of my lung gradually over three days. And I felt better and better and better and walked out of there on the fourth day. I said to the doctor in the, in the, the visit, the, the, the return to the, the doctor's office, I said, well, how did this happen? I mean, this, this should happen to an old guy. You know, I'm, I'm young. I don't get this. He said, you have had some stress in your life, and it's your body's response to that stress. Really? He said, yes. Your body will physically do something to you when you are stressed. And that physical something that it does is going to attack the weakest part of your body. And honestly, I was a smoker at the time. And because I was a smoker, I had a collapsed lung because my lungs were weak. I stopped smoking. That moment never picked up another cigarette. And I'm the only one in my family who escaped all the, the health challenges that come with, with nicotine. It saved me. It saved my life. So I stand here today, and I want to tell you some things I've been doing since that day on a regular basis. And on a regular basis, because of a man named Hans Selye. Hans Selye is the world's foremost authority on stress. And he wrote a book called The Stress of Life. The Stress of Life. And he identified that your body is completely and always stressed if you're alive, because you're breathing. And that breathing causes a tension in your body. And that's great that it does. But he also said that this stress comes in two types. You stress, which is good stress. You stress is having a baby. You stress is buying a new car. You stress is is buying a new house, or getting a new piece of furniture. He said, distress is getting the car payments, the coupon book, paying the mortgage, and hoping you got the money if you, if you overbought or you bought a little bit ahead of your, of your income. Having a baby, but that two o'clock feeding, well, that's not so much fun. So the distress and the eustress are the two types of stress that he identified 
in the stress of life. By the way, this gentleman prefaced most of the textbooks that you'll see. And he described how important it is for us to pay attention to this one little element in our life, how we manage the big challenges and the little challenges in our life. And if we do a better job of that, our life is fuller and our life has more meaning. And there are things that you can overcome because of the management of moments that help you deal with the stress that you're going to have and I'm going to continue to have as long as we live. So you stress is good stress. Distress is bad stress. And how do we manage it? What do we do? I'm going to give you three things that you can do. Three things. One, two, three things. One, two, three things that you can do to manage the stress in your life. And now this is going to be a little corny. You may sound like, uh, sound like it's corny to you, but I've been doing it and it works for me. And the first one is to rub your forehead. You say, what? This causes friction on the frontal part of your head. And this is the frontal eminence of your brain here. And so by rubbing your forehead, what you're able to do is cause the, the blood to gorge your brain and give it oxygen. And this is something that's kind of interesting about the brain. Two-thirds Two-thirds of every breath you take is used by the brain. And a third of that breath is used by the rest of your body. So if you weigh 150 pounds, this three-pound brain up here is using two-thirds of that breath you take. And the other third is operating the 147 pounds that's left. So when you make friction by rubbing your forehead and causing the blood to come up here, you're giving yourself an oxygen sandwich is really what you're doing. The next thing you can do is take three fingers and right here on your breastbone, right behind your breastbone is the thymus gland. It's right here. And you just pound under your chest, just like that. That's all you do. And what that does is it stimulates that gland and it makes it much easier for your body to create the hormones and endorphins it needs to manage the stress in your life. And there's two kinds of, of, of hormone that's in there. There's some chemistry that goes on. I'm not going to go into it. I'm not a neuroscientist, don't claim to be, but I know this about it. The, hypo, the, hyp, the hypothalamus, which is right here on the side of your brain, the hypothalamus puts oxytocin into your body and it's soothing and comforting. Just right there in that same area is a little something called the amygdala. And the amygdala puts cortisol in your body. So if you are walking down a path and you hear a rattlesnake and you're going to jump just like that, your body responds faster than your brain can think about it. And it dumps cortisol in your body just like that. Now, what we know about cortisol is that the shelf life of cortisol in your body is about twice, three times as long as the oxytocin. So you want to get that chemistry working for you, and you get it working for you by taking deep breaths. So that's one of the things we're going to say here, deep breath. I'm going to just put DB, deep breath. That's one of the things you can do. 
Then you can rub forehead. We said that. And we said that get, that gives you an oxygen sandwich. And you can thump your thymus. Thump thymus. Now, don't go to your boss and say, can I talk to you a minute? Because your boss is going to know something's wrong if you're rubbing your forehead and you're thumping on your chest. But if you do that privately, if you, if you rub your forehead before, you have to make a talk, for an example. A lot of people get real anxious when they're supposed to stand in front of a group and make a presentation. I help people with that. It's one of the things I coach. And, and, and they say that that is one of the most stressful things that you can do. Death of a loved one. Those two back and forth are the two top stressors in your life. But you can manage that by rubbing your forehead and thumping on your chest, as simple as that may sound. I have hundreds of pictures that I have taken over the years and collected, not pictures I personally have taken, but I've collected them from magazines and other, other pictures that, that people give me because they know I collect them, of people holding their forehead when they're under great stress. The reason they do that, it's an ancient way that people would deal with stress. They would sit around the campfire and they would rub their forehead before the hunt. Why? Because it would soothe them. And then when they were out hunting, there was no fierce scent on their body. When you perspire because you're frightened, that, that perspiration has a different odor than just normal sweat. And so when they rub their forehead, it would soothe their body. So when you rub your forehead, you thump your thymus, you take deep breaths. I'm going to give you a bonus here. I'm going to give you a fourth thing that you can do. And this may sound really corny to you, but it really works. I'm going to step over here for a minute and see if I can do this for you. When you're growing and you're growing left, right, left, right, left, right, people do not grow up. They grow left, right, left, right, left, right. That's why your hair is longer on one side than it is on another. Usually your features are a little bit different on one side of your body than the other. It's because you grow left, right, left, right. That's what you do. So if you were to balance your body and create some more homeostasis in your body by helping the chemistry that's in your body, you would do a much better job of managing your stress. So what we're going to do is say, if you stand up and you put your feet about shoulder distance apart with your toes pointed forward, you can do something we call a cross crawl. What? Yeah, cross crawl. When you, when you think about it, when you walk, you take a step. So your left leg goes out and your right arm goes out. And then when your right arm goes out, your left, when your right leg goes out, your left arm goes out. So you walk. You walk like this. Now, nobody walks like this. Nobody walks like this. They walk and they do this cross crawl. So a cross crawl would be lifting up your knee and hitting it with your right, your left knee, hitting your left knee with your right fist. And do the same thing this way. Your left hand hitting your right knee. So a cross crawl looks like this. That's what it looks like. You do that for a couple of minutes, and again, you're creating a chemical change in your body. 
take a walk. It's a great way to reduce stress. Take deep breaths. I've been doing this my entire life, and I mean conscious breaths. You see, I know you're alive because you're breathing, but did you think about your breathing until I mentioned it? Probably not, but that's one of the things that will help you. So deep breath, rub your forehead, thump your thymus, and then this last one, the one we just did, is cross, crawl. Now, the other thing I would mention to you is it's better to pay attention to your body and do the healthy things for your body to manage stress as opposed to doing the unhealthy things that you could do. I'm not against a glass of wine or a bottle of beer, but I got to tell you that more than two of those at a time is not a good idea because what it does is it changes the chemistry in your body and it couldn't be good for you. Some people can drink a whole lot. Some people can drink very little. I'm suggesting that if you do anything in moderation, you're going to be fine. But it's doing things to the extreme that creates problems for you. So you really want to be able to ID your limitations and your assets. And if you're able to do that, you're going to be more effective at managing stress. And that's going to be helpful to you. You need to assume responsibility for dealing with the stress in your life. And you need to take time and separate that from other things that you do that cause stress. And if you've done something stressful, take the time to regenerate the energy and the, and the chemistry in your body that's going to help you. So comfortable with your opinions. What, what I'm suggesting here is there are things that, that we know about ourselves that we, we think are okay, and that's great. And then there are things that you wanna do better. So if you become comfortable with your opinions, I'm suggesting that you wanna monitor your opinions. And there needs to be a tolerance to the opinions of others because there's no reason to get upset over something you can't control. And I'll give you a real quick example here to kind of put this all in a nice, neat bow. When you get up in the morning, you decide if you're gonna have a good day or a bad day. And let's say you say, hot dog, I'm going to have a good day today. And you get up that morning and you, you eat a donut and you drink some coffee and you get in the car and you're on your way to work. Da, 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 da. It's going to be a great day. And somebody cuts in front of you. You that car cut in front of me. You get angry for a moment. I'm going to get him. And so you drive for and you, and you, you, you drive faster and you get around. You cut him off. But guess what's happened? The, the donut's a lump in your stomach now. You're burping the coffee and your esophagus is sour. And you get to you get to work and somebody says, what, what happened? Ah, some guy tried to kill me on the road. Now, let's back up. Didn't you say you were going to have a great day? So get in the car, eat the donut, drink the coffee. You're on your way to work. Somebody cuts in front of you. Here's your other choice. Hey, he cut in front of me. I hope he gets where he's going. That person who cuts in front of you do not know you exist. Do you want to give him or her that much power over you? If you don't, you decide that you want to maintain your composure. And when you get to work, hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Almost got killed. Some guy cut in front of me. 
but you got a smile on your face and a demeanor that says, it's okay. It's over. What's next? And if you live your life that way and not live in the past, and you live your life not trying to control everything, your life will have more value. I hope this has been helpful to you. You can go online and look for all kinds of articles on stress, and they'll give you a lot of good information. But if you'll follow these simple four steps, I think it can be a tremendous asset to you. Hope to see you again. This podcast is produced by TalkEdits.com. You talk, we'll edit. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. If you want to know more about Tony, visit aimyoursites.com. That's aimyoursites.com. Thanks for listening.